0: And joining us now is State Senator Cece Marr. Cece, is it the twenty sixth? The twenty second. Which district is it that you represent? <laughs> hey, Lisa. It's Hi. the twenty sixth. The twenty sixth. I know it's seven or so or six or seven different towns in our Fairfield County area, including Westport, including part of Stamford,
2: uh, including Wilton. Uh, do you want me to do yeah. the list? Sure, it's do the eight list. Towns. Sure. Okay. Eight towns. Wilton, Westport, Weston, Reading, half of Richfield. A portion of New Canaan, Darien, and Stamford.
0: That's a big. That's a. That's a pretty demanding group, by the way. CC, pretty demanding <laughs> group. I have to say, uh, living there myself for over thirty years, I know our people. Pretty demanding. Yes. So, and you're in your freshman term. So, how's it going? Mm-hmm.
2: It's great. I absolutely love it. It's a. I think someone has used this expression many times. It's like drinking from a water fire hose in the beginning. Um, but it's a great learning experience. It's thrilling. It's an honor. And um, I've already learned a ton. And I am just thinking, I love it.
0: Yeah, it's fantastic. I know you worked very hard in the campaign. And I know that you you had a history of tremendous public service before this. You were with person to person for many years. You were the executive director of Sandy Hook Promise. You've always been very engaged in a lot of grassroots you know, from the bottom up efforts for people to, to get help and to be active in the community.
2: That's true. Yeah. That's true. Which is great because I'm able to bring a lot of that knowledge and experience up to and you know, I am a licensed master social worker, I'm able to bring that, all of those experiences up to the work that I'm doing.
0: So, Cece, let me ask you something, because we are in the thick of Hartford, and what we do here on the Lisa Wexler Show is we follow a lot of the bills. We follow them if they're in committee, out of committee, likely to get on the floor, how they're going to pass. So I know that your constituency really would like to know how you're going to vote on some of these issues. So I'm just going to go through them, Mm -hmm. and then you'll tell us. The The first is the fair share bill. If the fair share bill gets to the floor, how will you be voting on
2: that? I will not be voting for that bill. And there's another bill. I I believe I can't remember the number of fair share, the bill number, but there, there were two bills in front of the uh, on housing in this topic uh, in front of the legislature. And I did testify in one public hearing. There is a bill and I'm not sure. I think it's the. Their share one where at the end of 10 years, if it hasn't, um, well, you know, it, it doesn't matter. It's, I'm not going to vote for it. And um, what so, about the
0: live work, uh, the other one coming out of housing,
2: the, the transit oriented live work yeah. ride. Yeah. Yeah. No. no. Also no.
0: Okay. What about the, um, the right to, do- let, Lisa, okay. let sure. me just
2: say something yep. about those. Those bills are not, I am all in favor of housing. I do And I know we need it. Housing is an economic engine for our state. We have to have it so employers will come here. I am in favor of housing. I don't like those two bills. That doesn't mean that I'm not in favor of making sure that we have sufficient housing for the state, because I am in favor of that.
0: No, I understand that. A lot of people are. It's a question of tactics. It's not a question of goals. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. I know that. Uh, Okay. Um, What about the... um, the right to die bill. What about that? That's making its way through. I know Jim Norton in uh, Weston is very in favor of this, and uh, but you know mm-hmm. there are also a lot of people who feel passionately that it's a dangerous precedent. What, how do you think about this? What are you going well, to do? I've, well,
2: I've received a tremendous number of emails about this bill, both uh, in favor of and against, and I will be voting in favor of this bill. I will be voting yes and in the effort to get it out of committee because um, actually it came, it's coming through public health. It's already been voted out. It has to come to judiciary, and I sit on judiciary. So I'll be voting on it there, but I am in favor of it, and I believe that the way the bill has been written this time has been in response to a lot of concerns that people had, and there are more guardrails than there were before, and I absolutely will be voting for it.
0: Okay, all right. Uh, let me see what else I wanted to ask you about. I don't have to ask you about the bear bill because it died. It died in committees. <laughs> so I don't know if, and there were a lot of people who felt very passionately about that as well. Very passionately about that, actually. Um, you're in judiciary. You're going to be hit with, well, I don't know if directly, but um, there's a very big um, issue now with the fact that four out of five people on this board that runs the public defenders have all resigned. Have you seen that, CeCe?
2: That the, runs the public defenders. Yeah, no, I yeah. actually hadn't seen that. So, I, I'm yeah. familiar with the probate bills. I'm familiar with the. Uh, there's, I've been in the public hearings and listening, but I, I have to apologize. The defender piece got away from yeah, me. Yeah,
0: no, no, this just happened. This literally is sort of almost breaking news at CT Capital Report. Oh, okay. Yeah, so four out of five, um, four out of five of the people that run. Our public defender office have resigned in protest to the way the woman in charge of it is running the public defender's office. And so they all have to be replaced immediately. Some are replaced by the governor. Uh, I think some by the judiciary itself, and I'm not sure if there's a legislative appointment in there, but if there is, it comes from judiciary. That's the only reason I mention it. You'll want to know about it okay. when we're off air. You'll see. It's a whole big kerfuffle, and oh, I I'm must, not sure which way it's going. right to it. Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, let me see what else I wanted to ask you. So the housing bills have really taken up a tremendous amount of, of, of space and conversation on our show with a lot of people mm-hmm. feeling very passionately that this idea that Hartford wants to – Supersede local zoning control is not fair, and I'm just wondering in a in a you know in an overall legislature that is primarily Democrat, uh, are the bills going to pass on the floor, CC, notwithstanding your own voting no?
2: You know it's so hard to know because um, they're just coming out. We haven't even started our caucuses yet to talk about them. So there's a lot of legislation coming out, and I don't know where my fellow senators stand. I'd be happy to fe- give you that information at another point, but it's too soon for me to know how they're going to be received in the Senate.
0: Okay. Okay. So we'll have to see what happens. We're going to have to keep an eye on that, very much so. Uh, what are the, CCMAR? what are the the bills that you're particularly proposing, following, you know, um, cheerleading right now?
2: Well, there, there's SB2, which is coming, which came out of the Children's Committee, where we are looking at ways of increasing support for mental health. One of the key pieces of that that I very much like is putting in place an office of um, behavioral health advocates not office, but putting in place a behavioral health advocate so that we have someone who can answer questions and help people both on the provider side and also on the client side. So that's really important because behavioral health is huge. Mental health for children is huge. And we're also putting in place additional ways of making sure that access to bring more um, social workers, licensed LMFTs, licensed marriage and family therapists, a lot more therapists into Connecticut. So that's important. Um, Another bill that I really like that's coming out of Children's is a bill that helps people called an emergency kit for um, first responders. And it's a this is important because when a first responder is working with um, someone who is perhaps on the autism spectrum or perhaps has developmental disabilities. this toolkit is it has sunglasses. It has headphones to protect against the noise. It has um, they're twiddlers, I can't remember the right word, that if using for fidgeting, it's a way of calming people down that the first responders are trying to help police fire. And so, I love this bill because I think it's really important for making sure that our um, most vulnerable are taken care of in emergency situations
0: which which um, ha- yeah keep going yeah no, I, go ahead I was going to ask you because there's also a bunch of Connecticut protective moms, which is a pretty I think effective advocacy organization on behalf of women who feel that they have been wronged by the judicial system in family court. Uh, they are part of a group, along with the Coalition Against Domestic Violence, that is proposing to change the law so that instead of giving judges discretion when it comes to alimony, that if mm-hmm. somebody has been convicted of a domestic violence abuse, that there's no way that they can ever get alimony. What do you think about that?
2: Right. Oh, I I was listening to the public hearings on this just this week, and um, I think it is a good bill. and definitely in favor of it because it does not make sense that if someone has abused their spouse and then the the woman has to provide alimony for her abuser, doesn't make sense. I'm 100% in favor of that bill.
1: Okay. All right.
0: Uh, Let me see if there's anything else that's right in front of me right now. There's so many things that are making their way. Uh, There are bills about psych patients and changing the commitment laws. There's all kinds of different things. Oh, here's one. Let me ask you this. What about the Labor Committee, which has advanced out of committee the idea that – restaurant tourists have basically been exempt from minimum wage. And there are a couple of states that say, no, we don't think that's fair. And Connecticut's Labor Committee decided that they don't think it's fair. Now, obviously, there's a pushback mm-hmm. from a lot of restaurant who say you're going to put us out of business. But what do you think about the fact that <clears throat> Connecticut wants to make restaurant tourists pay all their wait staff minimum wage regardless of their tipping policy?
2: Right. So I think where this comes down is and I I'm not in labor so I'm going to ha- I'm going to be reaching here because I've not spent a lot of time on the bill. I've been focused on the six committees that I'm in. But what I understand from what I've heard is that when someone inside the restaurant industry is not waiting staff, they're not Actually, waiting. So perhaps they're doing cleanup at the end of the day or they're um, off the floor, then they're supposed to be paid during that time minimum wage. And I'm hearing that it is not always happening. And so, because it's not always happening, I think that that's given rise to this bill. I don't know for a fact um, how this bill is going to be received as it moves out, you know, now that it's coming out of committee but I think it's something that we're going to be talking about and I'll be looking at and digging into more deeply. You know,
0: C. Mar, I have a question for you, and I know you're a freshman, but you're a pretty savvy lady. How is the sausage made from something where it goes from a committee to whether or not it so-called hits the floor? Like, how what happens?
2: Okay, so this has been part of my learning experience, too, Lisa, and it's really, really interesting. Um, so basically, a bill gets proposed, and there were 4,000 bills that were proposed this year. Only um, 4,000? okay, (laughs) Only 4,000. Right, Many of whom, many of the bills, not all, but some of the bills, um, had multiple proposals. So, for example, I put in a medical aid and dying bill. I was one of, I think, six. Mm. All of them got referred to public health. Then they get all put into one bill, and then it gets looked at. So let's use medical aid and dying. Those six bills go into one bill. It gets debated. There's public hearings on. It gets debated in committee. They agree to move it to a public hearing. They have a public hearing. And then after the public hearing, they look at the bill again, decide if language needs to be changed. And then, if language needs to be changed, they they, they do a joint favorable from House and Senate to the floor or if the language needs to be changed, joint favorable substitute, meaning it has substitute language. And then it goes into, if it's a House bill, it goes to the House, and then if it's a Senate bill, it goes to the Senate. And then all of those bills get discussed in caucuses. They get discussed on the floor of the House. They get discussed in the caucus, then in on the floor. So there are many places along the way that things um, – Perhaps might not get out of committee, might not get out of caucus. So and once it gets out a of a committee, of, does it
0: go to a caucus before it goes to the floor?
2: Well, in the Senate, it, the Senate caucus is made up of the Republican caucus and the Democratic caucus. So and it's yeah, the whole Senate. The go.
0: So it's the whole Senate. No?
2: No, it, they're separate Senate caucuses, the Republican and the Democrats. Oh, and I see. Okay. after those caucuses, they come out to the floor, and then they're debated on the floor by all the Republicans and Democrats together. But
0: I guess what I'm saying is, let's say the aid and dying bill. Let's just say, as an, just as an example, aid and dying bill comes out of committee in a certain form. You're saying that bill then goes in its form to the Republicans and the Democrats, and then the no, Democrats no, decide because, if they like it?
2: No, okay, tell me. No, because this particular bill... Because it has to do with laws, it would come out of public health and be referred to judici- judiciary. Oh, so it
0: goes, and to, then another it goes to another committee. Whole step. Oh, yeah. so sometimes one committee is not the whole situation. Correct. Oh, I thought it went. I thought every committee had its own sort of jurisdictional origin and then if it came out of a committee it went immediately or didn't to the floor. I didn't realize the same bill might have to pass through different committees.
2: Yes, because for example if there's a bill there's several bills that have come out of human services that I'm on that have financial ramifications. So then they have to go to the appropriations committee where they're discussed In the total overview of what's being, I see. So if they have a fiscal
0: note, that ever-present word "fiscal note," which is to say, if a bill is going to cost money, then appropriations has to meet and decide if there's room in the budget to pay for it. Correct. Ah,
2: and and you know what, Lisa? I am saying this all as a freshman, so if I got anything wrong, no. But this is really good
0: because nobody really knows how the sausage is made, really. And you're it's been there. A very,
2: very right? interesting experience and learning. I've really enjoyed all the learning and having it.
0: I bet. Well, I will tell you that the experience itself, Cece, as somebody who doesn't have power, as somebody who's just sitting as a citizen, it's tremendously anxiety-provoking. You know, Mm -hmm. like when you talk about these housing bills as an example, it just happens to be an issue I care a lot about because, you know, I used to be on the zoning boards in Westport and I've always cared passionately about land use. It's like a thing with me. Um, It causes a lot of anxiety for me to think about what my town might look like five years from now, 10 years from now, two years from now, depending upon what goes on in Hartford. It it really does.
1: Mm
2: Mm-hmm. I I understand it. Uh, it, a lot of people feel that way, and we get a lot of emails about them and phone calls, and and that's what's important. Because, for example, on the public hearings, I did ask uh, about this because I was curious, and 40% of the bills get changed due to public hearings from what people say. The legislators may have an idea on something, and the public hearing, what the um, people who are being affected, what... Uh, the people who are in, you know, running um, like DCF or, I mean, you know, Department of Children and Families or uh, Department of Social Services or any number of commissions or and boards, they they come in and have opinions and lay out the reasoning. It it can change the way a bill. Moved forward. Oh, yeah. I can give you an example of that.
0: Public. I have an example of that. Last year, I'm so you know, I'm a probate judge, right? So last right. year, I got wind of a bill that DDS, our Department of Developmental Services, had written mm-hmm. as a technological change. That's how they had put it in that this is a tech change, right? So that people are, like not thinking it's substantive. But we as probate judges, our probate court administration, they are always keeping us informed of anything having to do with anything that we're in charge of of, of adjudicating about. So I saw that TDS had put forth something as a tech change that had to do with taking probate judges away from deciding on determinations of people who are disabled in terms of placement. It was a very specific Mm -hmm. thing. And I objected because what they did, what they wanted to do instead is take a judge away and make DDS do it instead, which I felt was a huge conflict of interest. Because if DDS said that the placement wasn't, you know, appropriate, then DDS didn't have to pay for the placement. So it becomes an issue of budgeting as, you know what I mean? Like it's a, anyway, I just thought it was a bad idea. So I asked if I could testify and I testified and I have to say, I think it was pretty much based on my testimony, that that idea went away. didn't happen.
2: Didn't happen. Which is the power of um, the citizens. Yeah. And I'm not sure everyone understands how important their voice is.
0: Yeah. Well, that's good to know. So, CeCe Marr, tell us, how can people who want you to know their opinions, how do they reach you for their voice?
2: Well, the easiest way to do it is to go onto the dot CT.gov website. So it's Connecticut General Assembly. Just type in Connecticut General Assembly and then you can search for your um, legislator. So you put my name in, Mar, M-A-H-E-R, and it'll take you to my page and you can do two things. One, you can sign up for um, my email blast, but you can also directly contact me through that website. So that's really important. And if there is a bill that you're very interested in and want to follow, you can put in, someone can put in the bill that they're looking for, and um, they can track it. They can get emails to come in. At them for the bill that they're tracking. So it's made, this website is made to be user, well, I wouldn't say 100% user friendly because rarely are websites that way. But at the same time, it's made so that our constituents can really follow bills and understand the process and have input.
0: Well, thank you very much, C.C. Marr, State Center from the 26th District, representing eight towns right here in Fairfield County. Thank you so much for coming on the show today, and good luck with the rest of the session. Feel free to ping us or come on anytime to let us know what's happening.
2: Oh, thanks, Lisa. It was great to be here. Thanks for having me. Pleasure.
1: Hold up.